0: I'm Tanner Scott, and you are listening to e commerce secrets to scale. If you want to scale your e commerce business, you've come to the right place because this podcast is all about hearing stories and strategies from successful entrepreneurs and e commerce professionals to uncover scaling secrets that will have a huge impact on your online store. This week on the show, Marin from the Inspire Agency joins me to talk about how iOS 14.5 changed e commerce forever. We talk about what iOS 14.5 was, what it changed, and how you can successfully navigate these changes and still find success marketing your online store. Welcome to the show, Marin. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Okay, excited to be here. Uh, my name is Marin, and I currently work as a head of performance at the Inspire Agency. We're a boutique agency focused on paid social, uh, our bread and butter on Facebook ads. And in, this, in the last 12 months, I spent over 40 million on Facebook ads. And today I'm going to share some of my strategies and tips and tricks to help your listeners do the same.
0: Awesome, man. Looking forward to to digging into that. How did your career get started in marketing? What's your story?
1: So I was on my senior year of college trying to figure out, like, what to do with my life. Uh, should I pursue a kind of career at the computer science, what I was studying? Or should I kind of, like, continue and dedicate more to, uh, to playing soccer? Because I, at the time, I was playing in a second, second division uh, in Croatia, which is kind of, like, semi-professional. But somehow I stumbled upon digital marketing and kind of like started learning everything about it, reading the whole Google support, uh, watching all the YouTube videos, uh, webinars, stuff like that. Luckily, I had a friend that was doing Facebook ads. I think like only one, only guy at that time in Croatia that was doing Facebook ads. So I started working with him kind of like helping him like do those like basic tasks, like selecting the audiences, uh, writing the copy, finding the interest and stuff like that. Uh, soon after that, I started freelancing until I connected with Matt from Inspire Agency where I'm currently, uh, still working.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So going back to when you were learning marketing on your own, right, uh, I learned the same way you know I kind of just taught myself through online and there's tons of resources out there right anyone can learn how to do it. it it's not easy right to learn through YouTube videos and blog posts but what was that like for you and knowing what you know now would you change anything about the approach that you took
1: so it was kind of like hard to distinguish who to believe because you had so many videos and people talking like all the opposite stuff So I would say kind of like probably keep doing what you're doing that like eventually it would pay off. Like that's kind of like probably at the start of my career. And like in recent years, like probably like you're not your Ross. So basically your results are not defining yourself. So no matter if there are kind of like some bad results, bad days for our clients and for your businesses, like you should not treat yourself bad because of those results.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I totally agree with that. And for the most part you know, there's a lot of things outside of a marketer's control. Right. So today we're talking about iOS 14.5, uh, and specifically how e-commerce has changed from that update. Um, obviously it made some waves in the industry and it's still affecting us now, but can we start by talking about what iOS 14.5 was and what it actually changed for iOS
1: device users? So it was an update that uh, Apple introduced, I think, year and a half ago, May two thousand and twenty-one. So, like, it definitely changed the the landscape. That's for sure. After that uh, uh, update, users iOS users have an option to opt out, out of tracking. Basically, that they, they can kind of like decide that us as a marketer do not have a data uh, about them and like which page they visited, how they behave there so that affected marketing uh, pretty much but in my my case like opting out of tracking is not only kind of harmful to us as a marketer it's ha- harmful to the users as well because in my eyes ad is annoying only if it's not relevant so basically if you're opting out of tracking you're giving less data to Facebook, meaning you would start to see less and less relevant ads, meaning the ads would kind of like start to become more and more annoying. I mean, it's kind of like hard to explain that to the users and Apple didn't certainly didn't make uh, that opting out kind of like uh, a good thing. They kind of like try to make it a bad thing. So a lot of people kind of opted out. So I think that's why the reason a lot of people are kind of like opting out because when you see kind of when you hear okay Facebook can track you you automatically connected that to some negative stuff, but when you kind of like present it in a different way I think it's a really beneficial thing if Facebook has the data about the users. Yeah, and of
0: course we as marketers think it's a great thing to have data on our on our customers and our markets. Uh, you know it's it's not the same for the end user or the customer you know they don't they don't look at it the same because they don't understand the full picture right you're exactly right the the update you know as soon as you opened up facebook after you updated to 14.5 they said do you want facebook to track everything you do and it's a yes or no question of course no one wants that. Everyone's going to say no to that. They positioned it in a way to get people to opt out of it so that they have more control over their user data and they're putting Facebook in a bad spot. That exactly. was purposely done. Right. And and I like what you said about the, the ad preferences, right. Or the personalization with the ads. Opting out of tracking just means you're going to see general ads, people trying to market to the masses and the whole idea behind Facebook's ad algorithm was to make the ads so personalized that you didn't even know they were ads and they fit so well into your feed. And and I bet that Facebook probably lost a lot of active daily users because of that, because they were just seeing random stuff and what's more annoying than an ad that feels like an ad, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, I mean... In my eyes, kind of like when you have more data, you can kind of like create a more personalized ad. Like we as a marketer know that. What kind of like iOS took us away is option to kind of like treat the users uh, differently. Because if a user opt out, out of tracking, potentially we could kind of like serve the ad for a product that uh, that the user already bought. So like that's even more annoying. So I think that was kind of like the biggest implication of iOS for us as a marketer. The other thing that I would say that the brands that were super niche were affected. So sure. brands that rely that rely on Facebook algorithm to find a potential prospect, when they, when they don't have like a product that's kind of like for a wide masses, it's harder for Facebook to get uh, that potential customer. So I would say that like those super niche products were actually hit pretty bad after the iOS. That's why a lot of like small businesses uh, kind of like struggle after the iOS and a lot of them kind of like even close their businesses.
0: Yeah, and a lot of people will just say, hey, you know, Facebook was doing all the work for you before the update, but I, I don't necessarily agree with that because the algorithm does support what we're doing with our ads. But also, you know, during this whole time when Facebook was doing more of the heavy lifting and matching up our ads with the right prospects, they were slowly taking away a lot of their targeting options, right? So now there's very limited options, especially if you have a niche product, like you mentioned. It, it's really tough to find success there unless you have a predefined targeting option given to you that may or may not go away at some point. Uh yeah, it's really just, you know, something that you have to do the masses at this point, and, and you can still reach the people that opt out, but if they click on your ad and they buy something, then you'll never know that that ad yeah. led to that conversion, which leads us into the next thing that I'd like to discuss, which is attribution. How has that changed?
1: So uh, let me just touch base a bit on, on the iOS I would say that kind of like due to the fact that people are opting out and Facebook doesn't have a data, it looks like Facebook results are kind of like super, super bad. But when you check in the dashboard in the back end of your Shopify stores, those stores are still generating the revenue. It just looks like the Facebook is not so effective as before. And what like the only good thing out of the iOS, uh, I would say that like good marketers survives people that were good only at the platform and like how to kind of like structure the campaign and stuff like that, they kind of like lost their kind of like superpower, but like messaging and testing your offer, kind of like speaking the uh, jargon of your audience, that's kind of like still uh, what counts and why still people have success uh, with Facebook ads. Regarding the attribution, So as I mentioned, like Facebook results are not trustworthy as before, you definitely need to have some kind of like third party tracking software, like triple veil or Norbeam that can help you with your decision making. Uh, So like in order to really understand the effect of like demand generation, like what what a Facebook is, you need to look like more than just your ad account, especially if you're running traffic on multiple channels. So then we are entering even a bigger problem, like which of the platform is actually responsible for the sale? If you, were, if you would add up kind of like revenue of your Facebook dashboard and Google dashboard, you would kind of like get a sum that is higher than, the, than your total revenue. So like that's why you need a tool kind, to kind of like distinguish kind of those, those numbers and kind of like to understand how those channels are working individually and all together. I mean it doesn't make sense to turn off Facebook ads because you're seeing a better return on Google ads because Facebook is generating the demand Google is capturing that demand that's why you need to treat them differently if you like and especially if you have a like more expensive product it's hard to expect that that anyone would buy after a first click product that costs like over 150
0: right yeah i mean if your aov average order value is like $500 or higher than that i mean you're talking maybe five interactions before they buy, if they buy. Um, We actually, we're more of a Google agency. So we see like the complete opposite of what you're talking about. So um, it's not necessarily demand gen, but our top of funnel prospecting takes place on Google. And then we retarget on Facebook and we see the exact opposite where Facebook ads is reporting more transactions than Google analytics shows because Google's taking credit for the sale. Which yeah. puts I mean, us in that... a bad place when we're trying to attribute because we have no idea how many retargeting purchases we got.
1: Yeah, I mean, I noticed that, especially like on remarketing, like on prospecting, Facebook is attributing less, but on remarketing, it is attributing more due to the fact, like, especially if you're running on a seven-day click, one-day view attribution setting on Facebook. So I have like a couple of, clients that are, that have like AOE or 100 bucks. And when I compare in like what timeframe and out of which action those transaction came on retargeting, I'm seeing that I would say like 60 to 70% of the of the sales are from a view through conversions. Meaning that like nobody clicked on that ad. Users just like maybe uh, uh, click on the ad on a Google didn't buy after like i don't know a couple of hours he saw uh, an ad on facebook he did not click and eventually bought and facebook counts that as a purchase so i would definitely like kind of like suggest you to check the attribution settings and compare attribution windows in facebook because facebook massively over report especially on retargeting audiences
0: yeah yeah i couldn't agree more and attribution is a very hard thing to understand as a marketer, right? And no model is perfect. Of course, the platforms want to take credit for as much as they possibly can, right? Because that means you're going to keep spending money and they're going to, you know, deepen their pockets. And and that's why I agree. You need to look at this holistically and look at all of your channels as if they were one. And, you know, if you're doing well on one channel and you expand to another channel and your other your original channel like improves performance and that kind of shows you that there's some synergy between the two channels.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: So do you still think that Facebook ads is a viable marketing channel for a lot of e-commerce brands or are we kind of seeing a shift where it's going to like more broad audience type, uh, products?
1: So if you asked me this question a year ago, I would be a lot more pessimistic Because we didn't know what to expect after the iOS, things were like looking pretty bad. Facebook did not have like a solution for this. Uh, We didn't, we kind of like lost ability to showcase those attribution windows, which kind of they returned maybe a month ago, uh, which we didn't have the option to check the breakdowns of a gender and the countries and stuff like that. But to be honest, I'm like now more optimistic than ever because they they returned those two features Facebook is still kind of like the most robust uh, platform there. You obviously you have a TikTok that's kind of like arising at the moment, but Facebook technology is still the, the best. It has the still most data about the users. People are still still seeing success with it. Like if you do if you use it right, it's definitely viable. As I said, Facebook results maybe look worse in a platform, but you can see in the back end that Facebook is still generating the results. And also one, one thing that I'm kind of like optimistic and why I kind of like base this answer on is a new feature that Facebook introduced a couple of months ago, Advantage Shopping Plus campaign, uh, which is kind of like relying on the AI and import the best of your ads. It's similar to Performance Max on Google. To be honest, it is kind of like a black box. We don't know how it works, but it definitely works. And on all of the ad accounts that we have access to, to this type of campaign, it is outperforming all of our evergreen campaigns. So that's why I'm optimistic. They kind of like a find a solution for this.
0: Yeah, yeah, I we we don't do a whole lot with Facebook. So I, did, I didn't know too much about the Advantage Plus campaigns, but yeah, it's kind of interesting as a marketer kind of moving towards more of an AI powered marketing campaign type, right? Uh, because you know it's working but you have no control over like really improving it or where the money's spent i mean this is more of like an issue towards google in my opinion because i feel like they're using performance max to just sell uh, all of their different types of ad inventory right video display search shopping yeah uh so i'm not really a huge fan of it but at the end of the day, I mean, still requires a marketer with expertise to, you know, set one of those things up and get it to be profitable.
1: So are you guys like seeing success with the performance, Max? We
0: are. Um, one interesting thing that we did see across all of our campaigns and accounts was the transition from Smart Shopping to Performance Max, right out the gate, um, Performance Max outperformed Smart Shopping right immediately. Uh, but those signals ended up running dry and eventually uh, performance started to tank a little bit. Um, but you really just have to pay attention to those asset groups, you know, making sure that you're filling those out, you know, using videos and images that the ads that they automatically create for you on all of their ad networks actually look good yeah. and, you know, obviously optimizing the product feed as much as possible. Um, we are still seeing great, good results. Um, some of our ROAS, uh, has actually like reached above a 12 on it. So um, wow, nice. it's still worth doing. Um, we're trying to figure out exactly how it works still um because it like you like you said with advantage plus it's a black box right no one knows what's going on under the hood um I, d- I do like that it automatically retargets traffic and i can say that for certain because i tested it uh with a you know a dynamic remarketing display campaign on google and at first that campaign was getting like a 3x roas and then it went to zero because pmax was taking all the credit for it
1: oh okay. you Makes actually sense. don't
0: You actually don't need to remarket with performance max um but overall still kind of learning you know how how it works and stuff but it's worked well i think it you know improved upon smart shopping a little bit although i'm sure all of us wish we could go back to smart shopping
1: yeah yeah makes sense
0: so what do you think the future of e-commerce looks like with the fact that third-party cookies are going away likely sometime next year or the year after
1: yeah so like that's really tough question i think it would be kind of like probably even harder than now but i think that like as we got a couple of solutions for ios at least to make it kind of like uh so we can kind of like function properly and still see some results i'm sure somebody will come up with a solution for this because like the industry is full of smart people and they're kind of like earning a lot of money out of things. So I don't think that like people would allow like for industry to, to, to crumble just because of the cookies.
0: I, I agree with that. I think that it's ultimately going to be replaced with something else, but yeah, it's really hard to really anticipate what that looks like because you're right, I mean, if they just go away and we can't track what people are doing. I mean, there's there's really nothing that you can do as a marketer to optimize for anything, right?
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So, Marin, what would you say your secrets to scale are?
1: So I would say that kind of like key is to treat your customer differently, depending on what level of funnel uh, are they. So like, there's no point in showing your video about the benefits of your product if uh, someone who is watching the video doesn't even know that he has a problem. So basically, if you if you want to kind of like, target someone into prospecting, you want to kind of like showcase product demonstration or educational video. If someone is in the middle of the funnel that potentially interacted with you, but he's not still interested, you want to potentially showcase uh, unboxing video or, I don't know, testimonial video, review video. So that person gets a bit more uh, feeling that other people bought a product, they are enjoying it, it is helping them then if they're still not certain, you want to potentially tackle uh, tackle them with some objection handling videos or ads, kind of like, we offer a fast shipping, free shipping, there's a 30-day money guarantee, you get a discount or stuff like that. So basically, depending on what, what level uh, of awareness they are, you want to treat your customers differently. That makes a like, huge difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, marketing on the channel specifically, like Facebook, but you know, it applies to all marketing. Hitting your customer with the right message at the right time is what gets them to buy, and it's much easier said than done. But there are so many marketers out there that don't understand that they don't understand the marketing funnel, or you know what stage someone might be in their their audience, right? And like going back to what you said earlier about, you know, weeding out the people that don't really know what they're doing, you know, the the good marketers prevail, I think that's an excellent example of that. You know, this this new update required marketers to dig into their uh, toolbox of foundational marketing principles that the people that were just, you know, drop shipping and putting up ads and Facebook was doing all the work because there's no barriers to entry, simply just don't know enough about.
1: Yeah, I could not agree more.
0: So, Maren, I really want to thank you for taking the time to do this interview with me today. Is there anything that I did not ask you that you think might benefit the audience?
1: So I would say that, like, go back to the basics, go to the uh, to the kind of drawing board, do a research of your audience, do a research of your competitors, check their reviews, check Amazon reviews about the products similar to you, check Reddit forums. This is a goldmine. Yes. You want to kind of, like, write the ad that speaks their language with their jargon, it would help you tremendously with your advertising. Like no amount of structure in your ad account can beat this.
0: I I agree with you. I think messaging is super, super key. And the only way you're going to really dial that in is by doing some market research and getting to know your customers.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Well, anyways, uh, Maren, what's a great way for anyone listening to get in contact with you?
1: So you can reach me at uh, marin at inspiregroups.com, or you can uh, follow me on Twitter on a daily basis. I'm sharing some tips and tricks around Facebook ads. So there's definitely a lot of resources there around Facebook ads if you want to learn.
0: Awesome. Sounds good, man. We will link that up in the show notes and thank you again.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of e commerce secrets to scale. Be sure to subscribe so that you never miss another episode. This podcast is sponsored by Ranksey Digital Marketing. If you own an e commerce business and you're ready to take it to the next level, visit our website at That's ranksey.com. That's R A N K S E Y.com.